Good morning and welcome to the New Media Show. My name is Todd Cochran. Of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Rob Greenlee. Good morning, Rob. How are you? Good morning, Todd. How are things there? It's rainy and uh, in normal in Seattle. Well, it's it's uh, eh, it's nice here in Honolulu. Can't complain. I'm sitting here in my shorts. Uh, well, <laughs> not underwear shorts, but yeah, regular shorts. But, <laughs> you know, one thing that is hard to buy these days is any type of pen that is actually a paint pen. They restrict these. These things are, in, in here in Hawaii, they're so hard to get that you, you almost have to like bribe the, the salespeople to hold stuff for you. Um, you can't have them shipped in. Amazon will not ship a paint product to Hawaii. So, my really? yeah, my way around that is to ship it to my mom. <laughs> And then have her back ship, but I don't know if this is a, a Molotov. So most folks that do uh, art stuff uh, know what these are. But um, what I've been doing, I, I recently I had some gear that I lost, and um, so I've started painting all my batteries. So I put my telephone. Oh, I, see. I put my telephone number and my last name and then on the back of or i put a sticker on and of course people can peel a sticker but and i learned this from a guy on youtube he puts a sticker on his stuff and it basically says do the right thing your telephone number and your name so hopefully that when someone gets your stuff number one it's got ink all over it number two it's got like a a bag to do the right thing so i basically have been getting my gear ready for CES by marking it up and putting stickers on it and making sure any new gear that I bought, I've gotten inventories of uh, the uh, serial numbers and stuff on that. I think as, as podcasters, as uh, content creators, you know, we invest all this money in gear and uh, all it takes is uh, one rogue baggage handler, one rogue TSA person, um, a, a uh, maid in a hotel room. Cause you know, we don't, I don't know what happens to you, Rob, but I get to a hotel room, stuff just gets, you know, it's everywhere. Yeah. And uh, so I think, you know, it's a it's a good thing to at least, if nothing else, say, oh, man, if I get that, I'm going to have to scrub the paint off or whatever, or easy to identify if something has just recently been been lifted. So um, um, I know folks have different, they, they also are selling a new tagging system that I saw, which you can actually, uh, put an RFID tag on your gear. It's it's a mm -hmm. it's a paste, and then basically all you do is when you get your gear bag packed up, you take an your phone can take an inventory of your bag, of everything that's valuable that's in there, and then periodically, if you're working out of your bag, you can you can scan your bag to make sure you haven't left something. Maybe going from one interview to another or something to that effect, and just you know and you know how things get crazy in the in it and you're like you're touching yourself did you did you leave something behind um so just a way to kind of uh you know for it's just a little personal loss well, prevention to, yeah it's a way to keep keep track of things and and uh make sure you you know because there are certain people out there that uh, have a hard time keeping track of their keys let alone right. you know 15 batteries and and all sorts of gear i mean especially if you're going to 
you know, get involved in video production and things like that. I don't think it's as big of an issue if you're doing audio podcasting. I know I, I do a lot of live productions on the road and it's pretty simple for me, but yeah, once you start getting into lenses and batteries and yeah. video gear and all this kind of stuff, it, it becomes very complicated. Okay. I know I've seen yeah. your, your room at CES before and it was uh, full of gear. That's yeah. for sure. So, and I'm not, you know, my beautiful lenses, I'm not inking on those. <laughs> Um, largely because Probably I don't, not. I don't, you know, I'm just thinking that just, it's a little bit too far. If I lose a lens, it's going to suck, but, um, putting the stickers on them, at least that, uh, um, that helps. And you can buy, I don't know, I bought a sheet, you know, real cheap, 695 label sheet, uh, to do that. But one thing too, is that, you know, we've, I've always told you know, if you're doing a, a, a live show at a convention, and I'm not doing one this year at CES, I'm going to be on the roll, um, you know, walking around doing interviews. I'm not, I'm not doing live uh, in a booth. Is that um, you can get very complacent very quickly in a booth, but people will, will easily walk up to an edge of a booth, reach in, grab a bag, and go, and you'll never see it. So And we, never see them. <laughs> never see them, right. And so yeah. we had... We had all kinds of, um, I guess for a better word, security protocol in the inside the booth. We always made sure bags were far enough away from reaching distance. So some, you know, sometimes you had this, you know, pile of backpacks around the middle of the booth. But you just, you know, we we just seen too much stuff over the years um, where people are opportunists. And you know, what do you have in your bag? You have your laptop. You may have a cell phone. You know, you just don't know what they're going to get in, in 15 seconds or five. So, um, it's, uh, you know, it's critical, especially when you go to these events, where there's a, you know, a hundred thousand people, um, you know, the riffraff is going to make it through the door and you just need to be careful. And, uh, and then when they, if they do steal it, make it so it's, you know, worthless to them to, uh, to take to a pawn shop and resell. But, um, yeah, that's the only way you're going to, cut things down from a theft prevention or theft status. Mm-hmm. I have been playing with Google Home. What do you think? <sighs> Can't get it to find my show. Done everything again, and it it's not as smart as Alexa. No way. Um, did you, you got yeah. an Alexa there in the room? Or I heard a ding. No, I, no, I don't. Um, but I kind of, wonder uh, why that is because I was under the impression that it was connected to Google Play mm-hmm. uh, but maybe the podcasts haven't been plugged in it's probably a good good question for the Google Play team are podcasts coming or is it just you know I found some popular ones like This American Life and that type of stuff played because I said okay I can't find mine so let me go to a you know a top show and it found that but uh, they've got a ways to go on this thing. It's you know I've been doing heads to heads comparison between it and um, thus far it's um, it's it's different. And you know you basically say so here here's what I'll, I'll I'll talk to it. I don't know if you can if we can actually hear it. Okay, Google, play Geek News Central podcast. Sorry, I'm not sure how to help with that yet. So it it didn't find it. Okay, Google. 
play this American life. And it starts. Okay, Google. Stop. So, yeah. So it, it doesn't have a full library for sure. I wonder what it's um, what it's plugged into that gives it access to This American Life, but not other podcasts. Because your podcast is in Google Play, so right. it makes you wonder. It's the same with um, the Alexa product. It's plugged into TuneIn. If you're not in TuneIn, mm-hmm. you're probably not coming up in Alexa yep. at this yep. point. So, and I'm sure you're in you're in tune in with your geek news central, right? Yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah. Oh, I, so, I have to go back and, and ask a favor of the audience. If any of you are in a uh, arts and craft stores and you find a white thin tip paint Sharpie <laughs> has to be paint. Okay. <laughs> and they do make them uh, snag one and I'll, I'll pay you for it. Ship it to me. <laughs> Just email me, geeknews at gmail.com. So, Rob, uh, a little bit of stuff in the news. And, and I noticed a news. Well, I noticed. Okay, so I saw. I got a newsletter <laughs> from uh, a podcasting correspondent. We'll just put it that way. Yes. And I was amazed at the anger coming through the individual's written word. Um you could tell that the individual was bringing the results of the election into his newsletter. And I thought, wow, no self constraint. So well, there's uh, been a lot of that going on. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's that, you know, it's, it's really, if you think about it, it's, it's really a battle of the coasts. Um, right. No, it's, mean, it's, it's, well, it, it's the I city's mean, not, not, not knowing coasts. what's going on in America is what it is. Yeah. It's the <laughs> coast versus middle America. Exactly. All right. Right. And, right. And I think that's that's what's happening here, um, and it seems like it's bubbling over into all sorts of places that we haven't seen since I think the Bush administration. Oh, it's ten times worse than that. Yeah, yeah, but I uh, but I you know, I was just a, I was surprised that you know that this individual would just like kind of like almost go off in his newsletter, and I thought. You know, does he does he realize he's probably talking to a percentage of folks that are on the other side of the fence? So um, it's best to you know if you if you're doing a political podcast, that's cool. You know, more for more for to you know more to you. But uh, you know, if you're doing a a show that's trying to have broad appeal, you have to be careful. You know, leave your opinions at the door to the best of your ability. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I was kind of surprised uh, by, you know, his rhetoric. But anyway, we'll, we'll see what happens next week with his, uh, with his next one. Yeah, exactly. So I was uh, going through the pod-to-pod uh, kind of news website uh, about the podcasting, you know, space. And there's a bunch of stuff in there, and we should probably talk about some of it. And one of them keeps coming up is, how long should a podcast be? <laughs> um, and I, and that's always an interesting question. Um, the, the consensus of this is, 
Yeah, well, I wouldn't say that there's a consensus. It doesn't really answer the question. It more like just poses what the different situation is. But one uh, one person comments in here, uh, over the last 10 years in the iTunes um, store, the average length of an episode is it has increased from 25 minutes in June of 2007 to 40 minutes in June of 2015. Where do they get that info? I I guess it's uh it's based on iTunes. I don't know. It doesn't really say. Yeah, I'd like to see uh, the source on that. Josh Morgan source uh, podcasts in iTunes, aka uh, iTunes USA directory. Um, data pulled uh, from July through August 2015. I guess this was the 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 last piece. Um, but, but it looks like it's interesting. Um, I don't, I don't know, Todd, what, what do you think? The it, probably 40 minutes is a reasonable number for the average length of a podcast. Would you say so? Well, I, I don't ever like to quantify a length because some, there's a show I listen to that I absolutely adore that is like two and a half hours. Oh no, no. It's, it's the, what is the average length oh. of a podcast? Not what's the, the, the best length or. Oh. I, I, I yeah. hate to quant, put a quantity on that one. I really don't know a number. Um, I just wrote it down in my notes here. It's something to ask Angelo to run and see if we can get a, a real number. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it, you know, I, you know, in the early days, um, everyone said tw- 20 minutes. So everyone, a lot of people shot for 20 minutes. And then, uh, you know, I can't even introduce my show in 20 minutes. I, I spent 15 <laughs> minutes just talking about stuff. So it's, um, well, it's the same with this show. We're, we're 90 minutes on this show. Yeah. So yeah. And so, and we do run out of stuff to talk about sometimes and we, and, and we push, but you know, we've been doing this long enough. We can talk about anything for 90 minutes. So, yeah. I, you know, I, I guess if you want to look at national commutes, you do it, uh, you take a national commute, multiply it by two. That's probably a good target number, but I, yeah. you know, I don't know what the actual is. You know, I really don't. Well, you, I don't think that there is really an ideal length. No. Uh, I, I think it depends on what you want to present. Um, and the, the audience is going to listen to as much as they're going to listen to, irregardless of the length. Um, anyway, so... If you want to do an hour and a half show, do an hour and a half show. There's going to be a percentage of your audience that only listens to 30 minutes of it because that's the only chunk of time they have to devote to it. And maybe they'll listen to another 30 minutes a day later or later in the day or something. Yeah. Who knows? You know. Yeah. I think that that's that's the power of this medium is that it's convenient. Mm-hmm. Mike People and- can pick and choose how much they want to listen to and and do they want to continue listening. Mike says in chat on Facebook, he says. Um- Tired of information that comes from somewhere in regard to how long episodes should be. When they have something that's referred to, they shouldn't be allowed to post it without breadcrumbs to details. The fact is that the length, oh, I agree with Todd, we had episodes that run super long and short, but they get traffic when they are engaging and value-ridden. And then Mike also says, this program and I... This program in an hour wouldn't be more than a, a beginning paragraph. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I want to say hello to Matt and the rest of the folks are in the in the uh, live stream today. Say, check in if you're 
if you're watching live, say hi in the in the comments below. We we always want to know who's here. But um, you, you know, it's 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 kind of even a stupid question to ask. To be honest with you, because really, the as long as the content's good, people's gonna people are gonna hang. As long as the personalities are fun, you know, the folks are gonna hang out. People like to be entertained, told stories, and get information, right? Yeah, I think it's an irrelevant, really, question. I mean, I mean, I think it's interesting. It's more interesting just to know what the average length is as like a mean or a average. Mm -hmm. But much, much beyond that, I think it's a it's kind of a worthless question um, that really doesn't drive a lot of value to anybody because you can't really. Uh, pigeonhole a show to be a certain length and say, well, the show must be this length um, for any reason other than what the content is. Yep. Um, and that's one of the big advantages of podcasting. I mean, radio is the one that it's always been locked into a certain length. And, and, um, and, and I think in a lot of ways, that's where this comes from uh, is this push towards shorter, shorter and shorter is that it comes from the, the radio side and the bias that radio has had towards um, short segments of, of audio because of all the commercial breaks and because they're a tune-in, tune-out medium. Um, that's the behavior that you're tapping into. But just because you did it in radio and you have this tune-in, tune-out problem doesn't mean that that's the case with um, on-demand. True. And, you know, the sometimes shorter shows are more harder to pull off because you got to cram a lot of stuff into a very short period of time and get your ad spots in. And, you know, it's just, uh, you know, bada bing, bada boom. It's, it's quick. So you, you really have to plan a tight program if you're just going to do 20 minutes. Well, it, but you can do that. I mean, look, really, I think a great example of it is the quick and dirty tips well, network. Five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I think it can be done. But, but but what you tend to find is that you have shows that are very, very focused on a very um, niche topic yep. um, and try and cover that in a complete way in a short period of time. But if you're having a discussion program mm -hmm. kind of like this one, uh, it doesn't make sense. I mean, can you imagine us doing a 10-minute no media way. show? No way. Impossible. It, it doesn't even make any sense. You know, the, if you, but if you go back to, you know, talk about quick and dirty tips, you know, they've always had, well, I think they've had challenges, um, in years past in running a 60 second ad spot in a five minute show, you yeah. know, so they are, you know, that, um, I know came up in conversations when we were doing a lot of deals for them, um, you know, keeping the spots tight to 60 seconds, I, you know, for, when I do a GoDaddy spot, it's like three and a half minutes. You know, it's I, I don't even get warmed up in sixty seconds. So, it's um, yeah, it 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 can be done, but you just got to be super hardcore disciplined to meet meet your marks. And I could never, I could never do a show like that, personally. Yeah, Todd, I see that the. The Radio World um, website did a did a pretty complete feature story on you. Yeah, they got a few things wrong. Um, uh, of course, <laughs> that long of a piece. But uh, I've been called a lot of things. But yes, they they called me a titan. I guess so. <laughs> I was like, and I didn't suggest the title. They just came up with that. But 
It was a pretty comprehensive piece, wasn't it? They they did a and a, and a undisputed Titan. Oh, is that what they said? Like an a, undisputed? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you get like a belt with that? <sighs> you want to buy one? <laughs> Rob, I'm sure I that just... you can uh, pull some cash up and, and buy me a belt that I can <laughs> I can hold here. This just sounds horrible. I'm getting a big head. Now, I'm very humbled uh, by what they had to say. Yeah, but uh, sure. But it, uh, yeah, I just, uh, you know, my, you know, my last name's Cochran, so I've been called a lot of things <laughs> in my life. Not all of them necessarily positive. And then in the Navy, I had some, some of my own nicknames that, uh, you know, were banded about. Yeah, I had a few, too, when I was growing <laughs> up because I was so tall. Yeah. String bean, bean pole. Yeah, I have a friend. His name is uh, Larry Jones, and he's as tall as you, Rob. And, of course, he was too tall, Jones. So. Yeah. <clears throat> it's funny. I had a, a nickname that was given to me when I was really young called Tree. So. Much to the consternation of everyone else in the podcasting community, I don't think I should go around calling myself a titan. That probably would not, uh, I probably would uh, be the subject to some significant ridicule. <laughs> well, I think that that kind of title needs to come from others, right, not but, from you. Yes. Yeah, but anyway, it, it was kind of funny when I saw that. I was like, oh shit, I'm going to get a lot of feedback on this thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, They've also called us the the gray hairs of podcasting too, haven't they? <laughs> uh, uh, I I keep my gray hairs trimmed as short as possible so as not to uh, not to be not to be seen with them. Yeah, Rob, are you? Uh, you know, your hair's pretty dark. Are you a, a Grecian formula type of guy? Not at all. No. Oh man. Yeah, my problem is I'm just not going to have any hair left in about two years. That's the that's the problem. It's probably going to happen to me eventually, too. <laughs> Most guys actually lose all their hair. Yeah. But, um, so, yeah, so anyway, that was, it was cool. And I, I don't know if they've interviewed other folks as well. Hopefully they have. Hopefully they've been around and made some additional. But the piece is, uh, yeah, it kind of takes it nuts to bolts. And they mis misidentify. The only thing that's, uh, I'll probably get feedback from my Navy buddies is they, um, they, they basically uh, called me an officer, and, I, and so for an enlisted guy, <laughs> I was a chief, senior chief petty officer. I wasn't an officer, so uh, uh, let's make sure that's very clear. <laughs> I work for a living. Yeah. But, so I guess the Chicago Podcast Conference is uh, wrapping up today, I guess. Today did you, is the. Do you hear anything on it? <clears throat> No, I didn't. And then the other one is the the Third Coast Audio Conference. Mm -hmm. um, I think that one, um, is that one over with too? I can't remember. I, I don't know. I didn't hear anything about it, to be honest with you. Okay. Yeah, I guess that one had a bunch of, had a bunch of politics going on at that too, because it, there was, there was some political podcasts at that. So did you see there was a piece that came out that says why you absolutely must do a podcast? <laughs> oh, yeah, I did see that one, yeah. I, so I, just, I was definitely going to mention that. I yeah. had to laugh because it was like a, um, you know, like a follow-up to you shouldn't do a podcast. So it's, it's kind of funny. 
yeah, why you absolutely must do a podcast. And, and probably at the end of the article was like a, a link to a to a podcast trainer or something. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> but they did get the number of podcasts wrong in the article. There's 350,000 podcasts in the iTunes directory, not 400,000. So a little off on yeah, there. On their yeah, it was about a... It was about a year ago that the iTunes folks told me 325,000. And I think they, they said that we, we were growing by like 1,500 a month, they've been, I believe. Yeah, it, it depends. And they've been cleaning stuff out too. So, uh, yeah, they're at about th- – right now, my number's a little over 350. Actually, I'll tell you the exact number because I, I have the exact number of shows in iTunes. Let's see here. I'll bring up – oh, i got to enter my – super secret password you've got to you got to be kidding this article is just funny before i tell you uh why you should absolutely do a podcast you should first know do not do a podcast yeah that's the first line of the article very weird Three hundred fifty-two thousand six hundred and seventeen as of yesterday oh okay (laughs) That's pretty precise. Yes, that's pretty precise. <laughs> so uh, it's all it's all clickbait. That's what this one is. This whole article about doing a podcast or and, not. And they put it up on LinkedIn. I, and I'm reading who it is. I don't even know who this guy is. James Alter. Alter. Yeah. yeah. No. I, no idea. No who idea. He is. Yeah. But uh, anyway, pod to pod. Just looking. You know, they they gather. Um, a lot of uh, articles, they just syndicate articles that are out there in the podcasting space. So yeah. if, you're, if you're not on pod2pod.com, you need to subscribe to their newsletter and, and go over to the website on a regular basis. Of course, uh, podcaster, podcaster news, podcastingnews.com or podcaster news, whichever one it is, that uh, we have uh, some folks writing for that. doesn't by any means uh, cover as much as the pod pod folks do, but once in a while, Sean and the team, team catch one that uh, maybe they don't well and they're starting to actually produce um a audio podcast oh um, good about the podcasting space yeah i was a guest on it uh, a couple weeks ago you're gonna do so many shows on the podcasting space you're you're gonna be the podcast guy that's <laughs> gonna be you're gonna be the new the new t- king of podcasting so uh Cliff yeah, better watch out titan two <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think the podcast guy uh, title number is is probably better than a Titan Titan a Titan. What what does that do? That's a, you know you aim your guns at the Titan to take them down. Uh, oh, so, is that what they do? Okay. Well, yeah, you know it's you become a target. <laughs> so what's the what's the definition of a Titan? That's the, oh, who that's knows? A good question. Yeah, it doesn't. I'm sure it's not positive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually looking this up in uh, Wikipedia. Let's see what it says here. You know, of course, I shouldn't trust what's in. Wikipedia. Well, you should should use, you should use the the red book, the you know the oh, the book of Google. That's right. Titan is actually a a moon around Saturn. Oh, actually, oh, so okay. so I'm out I'm out so, in outer space. Yes, you are. <laughs> you're you're very spaced out there. But there's sir. also a Greek Titan too. So in, in Greek mythology, Titans and the Titanese were members of the second generation divine. 
beings descended from the primordial deities. Soup. <laughs> <laughs> oh my oh, god! Oh, it says here in the the uh, the vocabulary dictionary. It says a titan is an extremely important person. Oh well, whatever. See that's. That's accurate. And, Albert hey, Einstein was a titan in the world of science. Hey, Rob, when we all woke, wake up in the morning and we go take a shower and we're standing in front of either doing our makeup or shaving or whatever we do in the morning to prepare ourselves, we always think the person in the mirror is the most important person in the world. So, you know, we're all titans in our own minds, right? Uh, I, I, <laughs> I suppose so. I don't actually think like that. I'm like going, you, you just got it. Got another day. <laughs> yeah. That's my response lately is I've been telling, uh, you know, going to stores, how are you? Want? <clears throat> I tell them vertical. Uh, you know, everyday vertical is good. <laughs> it's called the the plague of low expectations. Right, right. Yes. So anyway, enough on Titans. So yes. you, you uh, mentioned to me before we started the show today that I think you actually did some planning. Oh, my God. You want to talk a little bit about uh, injection, about advertising injection. Yeah, I just wanted to bring that topic up. It seems to be, and and I know, I'm sure we've talked about ad injection in the past on this show. A lot, yeah. Um, yeah, and it, it it just seems like the kind of the the hot button item now with a lot of uh, you know the the business side of podcasting, yeah. right? Everybody's looking for platforms that have dynamic ad insertion tools mm-hmm. built into them irregardless if they ever use them or not. Right. Um, uh, it just seems like that's the hot buzz thing right now. And I don't know if you see that as well, or it just, it just seems like it's hard to be taken seriously as a platform if you don't have it. Well, the, you know, from a business perspective, I don't get too many requests for that. Um, be honest with you. And you know, most of these businesses right at this point and networks, people are building networks are just trying to figure out if can they get the shows up and running and build an audience that they can monetize. So yeah. um Yeah. That That's- at least in my discussions with people, I'm not having that you know, that conversation. But, you know, we've got a, a partnership with uh Triton Digital and also AdsWiz and if uh you know someone needs injection, we send them over there. Because typically, if you if you're big enough, um, if you have shows with enough volume to do injection, then uh, you know you, those are the folks that you can talk to, and they've got you know incredible systems. Until I build something, which I haven't done yet, I'll just send them over to either AdWiz or to uh, to Triton, and uh, you know l- let them work with them. And, we, and it, what happens is when people start doing injection, they find out how expensive it is to do injection. So um, you, you, in order to, you know, to pay for it, you have to do an incredible amount of volume to, uh, to pay to have those files rebuilt or delivered on demand or whatever the system may be. Um, Cause those, you know, that's those companies are originally uh, hardware companies and secondary advertising companies. So, um, they, you know, they typically, uh, want to get paid for their tools. Yeah. And, and I believe that it's also another issue too, is, is many in the, in the, the kind of, 
let me say the business side of podcasting, which is developing and growing, um, feel that, that that is the future of the monetization models is that it's, there's going to be this merger between dynamic ad insertion and host reads into some new solution in the future that will, um, make this a billion dollar industry. Well, um, you and know, I, I, I don't know if that's really um, true, that, that that is the potential here. Um, I suppose it could be. I don't know. What do you think, Todd? Well, let's be frank. I could, um, I could tell every podcaster that we work with today that they have an opportunity to go on a platform to have advertising injected, not host reads. I could do... A uh, pre-rolls, post-rolls, mid-rolls, whatever whatever we decide to set up, and they could start getting advertising tomorrow from Geico. We can do that. I can do that right now, immediately. That's not a, uh, it's not even a thing. The thing is, um, the, the cost, what they're going to get paid, is like four or five bucks CPM. Um, it's not going to be, 20 or 25 dollar cpm now that's four or five dollar cpm before the cut before the cost now that's gross that's not net so what do you end up with three three and a half uh back in your pocket and i'm i'm just telling you that the the high high majority of those podcasters say it's not worth it forget it if you're doing a million a month a million views a month well it might be worth take stuff at three four five bucks six maybe tops uh on and, and we're talking about programmatic ad injection um we we can fill the uh we can fill the inventory right now with you want geico hey no sweat let's let's you know we can turn that on but you're not but you're not host reading that um so for us, we just don't think financially most podcasters are going to do it. We may get to a point where some will take three, four, five bucks, but you know the I guess three, four, five bucks for a year's worth uh, is maybe worth more than not having anything at twenty or twenty-five. So that's the trade-off. You know what? At what point do we get to the point where po- podcasters are saying, "Okay, I know I'm not going to get twenty or twenty-five, but I'll settle for five. I don't. Do you think we'll get podcasters to settle for five, Rob? No, I don't think so. Um, but I, I keep asking myself the question: Is does it have to go that way? Um, uh, without, if, to do volume at this point, yeah. No, I'm. Well, no, I'm not necessarily saying about volume, um, though that is a factor. It's it, it's it's more like, do we see technology? being applied here that can drive more value that can keep those CPMs up higher. Um, can we be more targeted with what we're doing here? Can we, uh, merge the, the ROI and success of host reads in with dynamic ad insertion? I know that's, that's the goal that, um, you know, Sarah Van Mosel has, uh, with what she's doing at ACAST. And, but- and I know that, that, that they are trying to take the ROI that's coming from host reads and applying it to the dynamic ad insertion side and with gr- better targeting, right, better and more accurate um, audience metrics, um, 
that ROI could be dialed up. Well, let's also talk about a function of volume. Um, I, yeah. <clears throat> I'm aware, and I have to be very careful here. I'm very, I'm aware of a company that is doing, uh, um, they're dynamically rebuilding their media files to deliver to, um, geographic areas, um, and also some demographic data. And, um, uh, they literally end up with, let's say a significant I, I can't quantify the number. A significant, I, I know what it is, but a significant, a big number of variations of ads that are being delivered to um, people listening to the podcast. And um, the cost to do that, again, because you're, you're, if you're going to build to a geographic or demographic delivery, um, it's very expensive to rebuild and have, let's, let's just, you know, let's use a number. Let's just use a stupid number, uh, that, uh, let's, let's say a thousand variations of a media file. Um, cause you got a thousand different combinations of geographic demographic and you drop, you know, a dozen different ads and different sequences in, um, uh, you have a different, a dozen different ads to pull from, to put in there. It, it's still, um, is an administrative nightmare. It is a deployment nightmare. It is a host red nightmare. I, I think all these folks are thinking they can do all this stuff, but the, the administrative management is going to eat any advantage that you've had and, and delivery costs are going to derive any, it's, it's going to suck up 50% of the, you know, the cost of, of revenue. So I, I just, uh, there's there's a way to do it. I it's you know I've had it mapped out in my head for years. But how do you, you know, how do you really uh, scale it and make it manageable? Yeah. I mean, let's let's talk some real numbers here. Um, you know, I've I've worked with these type of systems before. Um, you know, I worked with them at Podcast One. Um, and the costs of doing these things, from my experience, um, typically range between twelve cents uh, and thirty-five, thirty-seven cents per thousand. Where's this um, at? On on display? N- no, on dynamic ad insertion. Oh, uh, on oh, a cost. Per, yeah, it's usually charged on a per thousand right, right. delivery basis. And it, it ranges in price from 12 cents to over 30 cents per thousand insertions is what you typically are being charged for these things currently. Rob, you, you're getting some serious volume discounts. Costs are much more expensive than that. Well, yeah. Currently. That, um, so are you, I mean, what's the cost basis that you've heard out there? It can run as high as thirty percent, or fifteen percent, fifteen percent of your gross on your advertising. Okay. So it it all depends, you know. If it, it's it's a volume thing, you get more more you move the, you know, the cheaper it is. It's just like bandwidth. You go to a CDN and you say, "I'm going to move a terabyte of traffic a month." They, they'll say, "Sure." 
It'll be, you know, they'll give you a nice fat bill. But if you go to them and say, I'm moving a thousand terabytes a month, well, then they negotiate with you. Then you get, you get a good price. Well, it kind of depends on what we're talking about here. If we're talking about, um, bandwidth that, that that's no 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 I'm, different. but bandwidth and it's it's modeled the same it's it's uh it, for injection if you're not doing a lot of injection you're going to pay a base cost it's going to be much much higher than a person that's doing so let's say okay the guy that comes to uh, a company and says i want to do a hundred thousand um a hundred thousand ad inserts a month versus the guy that comes to you and says i'm going to do a million ad insertions a month, the guy with a million is going to get a much better pricing uh, for, for injection than the guy that's got a hundred thousand. So, you know, it, it's just like, it's just like bandwidth. It's a, that's volume right. Play. That's right. It's a volume play. Um, yeah. And, and, but those are the costs that I've been, I've been familiar with uh, on um, external third party platforms. Um, there may be different models out there, but so that's the price range that I've, 30, I've worked 30 cents a thousand still a lot. So yeah. you're, you know, if, if, and that's not including the bandwidth costs. So no, it's not. So that's just purely the insertion technology yeah. on a, on a per, per transaction basis, mm-hmm. which is per, per thousand insertions. So it's, it's like a CPM model, yeah. but, but it's more of a, a server side metric of, um, of fees and another thing too is the podcasters are not going to be on an unlimited bandwidth plan they're not going to get a flat rate plan doing injection they're going to go on a pro plan and they're going to pay per gigabit for delivery mm-hmm. so that's going to add because you, you just it, the, the model doesn't work the the handling the processing you know so example you know you upload your media file you've you've and you've uh in the metadata the the insertion points have been identified. That media file goes off to the um, person that's uh, going to chop the ad. They 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 restitch it back together, um, maybe in a variety of stitches to depending if you're going to do geographic and demographic. And then when the and this almost happens instantaneously, then the media file is pushed. So um, you can't be on a traditional CDN where you're going to have a fixed file that's going to get pushed out to the cloud and pushed out to pops. You're going to have, in most cases, most of these uh, injection systems, the way they pull more money out of people's pockets is they don't build a single file or, or 10 or 20. They, they build them on demand. And so then you've got the CDN bill to pay. So, you know, it's, it's a, it's a double whack and it's, it's in my opinion, kind of a stupid way to build an insertion system, but, that's the way they do it. Yeah. Um, well, and I think we've talked about this, this before about well, yeah. um, how a lot of these injection systems um, come out and say that they're they're dynamically creating these media files on a per request basis, but that's just smoke and mirrors because it's just not architected that way. Well, some um, there's some companies that actually do do that. Yeah, but is. Uh, <clears throat> hmm. It's a pretty inefficient way of doing very it. Very inefficient. Very, very, very inefficient. Because because you could you could run into server load issues um, that would uh, cause a domino effect of problems, and then it all you're doing is increasing your your server costs dramatically by yeah. doing that. Um, 
when when all of the necessary files that you need to generate to deliver that would could be auto generated at the point of publish and then once they're published then they're syndicated out to all of the uh but, the satellite but host if, servers but, and but if you want to make to go. but if you want to do geographic and demographic targeting depending on how narrow it is then you, you might have a hundred versions of that file out there yeah but what you do is you generate all those files oh, I know. Before, right, at, I know. At, at one time. Yeah. Just create one copy of all of them. Right. And then right. just but, pull the correct one yeah. when the request comes in. So you have a thousand versions of the file sitting on a server somewhere, and you're now paying for storage costs for those thousand ver- copies of files. It's, yep. a, it's a racket. I'm, I'm just here to tell you folks, uh, you know, the injection sounds cool, but uh, boy, it sure is, and, you know, and... <laughs> Well, and we haven't even talked about the whole aspect of trafficking that, um, Let me, and managing yeah. all of the, the insertions. Let me see if I can find something here. I want to show everyone. It's uh, a, it's a very, I mean, you, you're going to have to hire a, you know, a full-time person yeah. just to, just to manage. I mean, and a lot of these platforms will actually dynamically assemble the segments of the audio uh, the content side too, right? That's that's what I had to do at Podcast One. Uh, all all of the segments were uploaded a, as separate files, and that yeah, that's very inefficient. That ads ad insertion system would would assemble those shows, even even the the bumpers, you know, the intros and all that stuff would be dynamically inserted. Um, I mean, go. Go listen to the Adam Carolla show. So that'll that'll tell you right there. All all those separate audio segments that that, that you hear in that show are are typically uh, done as separate insertions. I've got a picture here, and um, so what I want you guys to do that are watching, I want you to you know, you've got a hockey stick at home, anyone? <laughs> so I want you to lay the hockey stick oh. down on the floor lengthwise and put the. Uh, the piece of the hockey puck that uh, hits the puck, and I want you to put that upwards. This is podcast consumption. Oh yes, it is. That's right, Todd. So you lay this, you lay this flat on the floor. <laughs> so imagine that top of the curve going to the bottom of the curve where it gets flat. That's ninety-six hours. <clears throat> So when it yeah. gets flat, and it so, and that's oh oh, so that's ninety seven percent of all podcasts being created today. Yeah. Now, if you have a hockey stick that has um, some wave in it, <laughs> you know the stick is a new new world design, or it has a a sine wave going down the the length of it, then you're you're uh, susceptible to injection. Um, otherwise you you don't need injection. (laughs) Well, you can go crazy with injection because it's, there's just, you know, there's an unlimited amount of things that you can use it for. The question gets back to is, do you need it? Right. That's truly the the question. Do you need it? And for the 97% of podcasters out there, they need injection like they need a hole in the head. 
And let me see if I can find an, another. Let, let me find an actual um, trending report. Let me go down to a specific episode. Todd, you're showing your numbers. Oh, oh. <laughs> I was showing some numbers, wasn't I? You uh -huh. were. <laughs> That's funny. Very impressive. Yeah, not. Let's see here. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. I was showing numbers. Everybody be entertained? Yeah. I got Let's a good chuckle out of it. <laughs> I bet you did. <laughs> Let's see if I can find it here. I've never seen numbers on this show, though. Oh, I have to, I have to get that screen for you. All right. Let's see here. What else? But anyway, yeah. It's typically a hockey puck. Yeah, let me find one. Yeah, well, you guys get the idea. You guys get the idea yeah. anyway. So what, uh, so what do you, you know, so you're having a lot of calls, Rob, from people that are asking for, uh, for uh, injection? No, it's it's mainly when you're talking to anybody that's from kind of the the larger media mm -hmm. side. Um, it's always one of those things that they they want to have in their toolkit, right? Mm -hmm. That'd be the analogy that I would play at this point. And mm -hmm. but but you ask them, you know, when do you expect you're going to actually um, need to use that? And they 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 don't know how to answer the question. Right. Um, or they say, well, I have maybe one or two shows that I, I would be interested. I mean, even the, the time when I was working at podcast one, there was only out of the 200 shows on there, there was maybe 12 or 15 shows that were actually on, on any kind of dynamic ad insertion. Um, really campaigns, campaigns. Oh, yeah. at one time. Yeah. This is a couple of years ago, but, um, that's probably changed a little bit now, but, um, but yeah, I mean, and I talk to others in the space and they, they'll kind of tell you the same thing. It's usually the biggest shows, right? It's usually the shows that are bringing in, you know, well, well over a hundred thousand downloads. Um, they're the ones that are getting put on these systems. Right. Um, it's, you have to do the volume. Yeah. Absolutely. You have to do the volume. But I keep hearing this discussion over and over that uh, that it's it's the way of the future for smaller shows too, and I I, I just I think it's an important topic to keep talking about. Um, it, 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 I guess, <sighs> but I I don't know if that day is going to come or not. I think the next year we're going to hear more discussion about it. But you know the who makes out then in that deal? So if you have. Um, a thousand shows that are on they just have to take what they get they don't get no choice because that's another thing you're going to have to do you're going to have to go to a model where you're going to have to say who you don't want not who you do want um, in order to make that scale you have to basically be willing to trust the person that's going to be setting up the campaigns to not put a you know a Trojan advertisement in a in a you know, whatever type of show, you know, you did, you need to be, 
you can't have a baby diaper show and a gaming show or, you know, something like that. Um, so, oh, why not, Todd? Well, you know, I'm just saying to you, this is the, this is what you'll have to do. If you're going to go to the point where you're going to offer up, um, uh, you're going to offer up the, what do you want to call it? The automated campaigns or where you're just going to get this five and $6 CPM. If you're lucky, um, it has to be automated. There can't be no management of it. And you're just, you're just going to say what you're not going to take and you get everything else. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And some people are going to opt for, um, getting on platforms that maybe they're not as r religious about, um, what kind of ads play in their audio shows. Mm -hmm. uh, I still think that there's going to be a certain amount of shows that, um, will, Say it's okay to play a radio spot in my podcast. Um, I, well, it, I think that's going to happen. I, and, and I believe it is happening some places. Yeah, I, I think it is. I think there's a, but the problem is again, um, getting back to my point, who's going to make the money then it's going to be the companies, you know, I sure I'll take a thousand shows that'll do, uh, um, you know, take whatever ad that we can shove at them and, you know, try to filter out the junk. You know, who's going to, who makes the money? I do. The podcaster in the end is going to end up getting peanuts. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. You know, how do we sustain the industry at $6 CPM? We don't. How do we, how do we, you know, how do we keep the, the independent folks moving forward? Well, you know, and the, the other argument that, that I hear a lot too is uh, we don't want podcasts to, to become crummy radio again. No. Uh, and, and I do feel that there's some, there's some pull there, uh, some gravitational pull that's pulling against the industry to, to take it potentially back there because of the, the, the issue around monetization, mm -hmm. um, is to, you know, the, the, the ad agencies more and more are, you, you know, I think you're out there too, are discovering that that's not the way, to get ROI is to do advertising like they've always done. Um, and they can get better performance by doing a different type of ad and podcasts. Um, but there's still a lot of money flowing into radio and a lot of commercial production happening over there. And I don't know, I, you know, what do you think is going to happen, Todd? What's the direction that you see it happening? Is it going to be a blend of the two for a while? Yeah, I don't know. You know, I, I, I don't think I just, I don't think podcasters are ready. What's it going to take for us to be ready? You think? Mm -hmm. Boy, I don't know. Or is the market just incompatible with, with that type of model? It's it's hard to say. I guess we're just going to have to see. You know, I think we're going to have to see where we're at. I mean, back in the back in the early days when I was doing my radio show, um, I was taking commercial radio spots and putting them out in my podcast, uh, just because I was doing radio. Mm -hmm. So, you know, those were the advertisers that I had that were looking to get into my show because I was on radio and as a podcast on demand. Right. So I was trying to aggregate as much audience as I could to monetize my program. Yep. 
Um, and I, I, I think that's gonna, that's an opportunity for some, I think to do the same, mm-hmm. but the, like we've said, and you've said, there's a lot of purists out there that say, you know, I'm not going to run a, a radio spot in my podcast. Right. Cause it's not what my audience wants and we don't want to become crappy radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just, um, yeah, it's going to be hard and I don't think the system is out there. You know, all the systems that are out there right now, most of them have been built for radio. Now, ACAST, they built their own thing, but, um, but they're using, you know, they're hooking into the same technology that radio is using today. So, um, all the API calls and stuff that they're making are, you know, tied into traditional radio advertising systems. So I don't know. I'm, I'm still doubtful that we can make it work. I just, the CPM thing is where it's going to be a problem. I just don't know if we can ever get beyond till we get the CPMs up. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, CPMs are driven by results, aren't they? Um, yeah, but at the same time, are you going to get the same result of a ad that is being, you know, the flow or for, um, you know, for progressive or, uh, the Geico gecko, you know, saving, uh, what is it, 10% or whatever they say you can save by you going to Geico? You, is that going to drive engagement? I don't think so. That's just, I mean, people are going to be, become mind-numb of it. It's just going to be another place where they're they're trying to get our attention, and we, we're all going to be annoyed about it. Well, then it does kind of beg, beg the question, do we need a new advertising model entirely? We've got one, I think. I think we've got a great one, and it's called a host endorsement. <laughs> You know, I no, but it, but even even beyond that, uh, I don't know. Like, what? Where do? How? How do we? Uh, how do we? Uh, how do we make that happen? You know, what's the? Oh, I, I mean, know, it's, that's hard. I mean, how do? I mean, the question I keep asking myself is, how do? How do we empower the the audience to be a driver of that? Hmm. You know. Well, you know, if you think about the medium and how it's being consumed, mostly on mobile these days, you know, and, and it's not like we're sitting watching our, our mobile phone. You know, we've got the podcast running and it's in our pocket and we've got a, or we've got the, you know, the mobile device on a desk and it's, we're, we're plugged in with earbuds and so we're really not looking at the screen. So I don't necessarily think the screen is the engagement point. Some people think it is. You know, what do I do? I tell people, okay, you're listening to the show, pick up your screen right now. We're going to have an offer. Um, you know, is that the, is that where we're, where we're headed? I, I don't know, but, uh, the way, the way I consume media is I, you know, my, my mobile's like, especially when I'm driving, it's, you know, it's, uh, attached to a little, uh, thing on my dash and I'm not reaching up and touching it while a, a podcast is playing. Or even yeah. iHeart or, you know, whatever's out there that's streaming Pandora. No one's messing with their screens when that stuff's in play. Yeah. Yeah. I just wonder, I mean, at the end of the day, this is about audiences, right? Um, this is about um, reaching 
an audience that is matching in a demographic profile of a advertiser's customer, mm-hmm. right? I, I can't help but think, you know, somehow there's some aspect here that has not been uncovered yet um, that will empower that audience to to communicate to us somehow um, what their interests are, what their needs are, what their interest in in purchasing are, and somehow that the, there's a way to aggregate that into some sort of a uh, relationship with an advertiser that can then share revenue with a particular show in exchange for attention. Hate to tell I you. Know. I hate to tell you, Rob, all that's known. It's yeah. all that's known already in these systems that are being shoved to you via the web today. They know what your demographic is. They know what you're, you know, what you're searching for. They know what you're shopping for. And but but that's not being mapped to uh, to podcasting. Well, you might be surprised. Starting to be. But it's not going to be host-endorsed stuff. It'll be... Uh, More programmatic stuff. Programmatic stuff. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Yeah. And that's why I'm posing the question, is that, is that it feels like that there's something brewing here that hasn't been talked about yet. Well, it's it's coming. You know, it's... Uh, you know, they're tying... All these, all these systems... Oh, I know. They tie yeah. together. And, uh, you know, they're, they're tracking people across the, uh, internet sphere and, uh, you go to Amazon and do, uh, you know, look for something or you go to, uh, you go to guilt or you go to home Depot or whatever it may be. That's all calling home to mama and, yeah. uh, aggregating it together. And, but I think, you know, where I'm going with well, this, uh, right? Absolutely. I mean, I, mean, I think that. That these models that we're operating under the host reads and the radio spots, they feel very antiquated and like two decades ago in concept, right? But do we host reads have been around radio for since radio's been alive? I, I, I probably host reads are what made radio successful, not right the kind of ads that people hate now. But do we um, want to get to the point where audiences are targeted like that and we're well, I think we're already being targeted like that. It just hasn't made it to podcasting yet. Right. And I guess it also gets back to, well, what's the cost mm-hmm. for a podcaster to connect with a system like that? Well, that's what I'm saying. About 30% of your, you know, off the top is pretty typical for systems that are out there today. But who knows, Todd, it, 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 it could be worth it too. It just depends, I I guess, on how effective it is at targeting targeting audiences. Uh, taking thirty percent off five or six dollars CPM, I don't know if that's effective. That's the problem. Again, it goes back to what they're willing to pay. They can buy YouTube, Rob, all day long, automatically at ten bucks. They know who's listening. You know, it's very targeted over at YouTube. You know that. It's actually a really really good example. Yep. of of um what what could happen here and programmatic is that's all bought automatically over there a buyer comes in and they can track minute to minute how many deliveries they've had how many click-throughs on the ad i mean it's instantaneous feedback for the buyer 
it's like they have a mission control system that they can see what's going on with their campaign. It's it's what's been going on with the you know keyword advertising for years as well. Yeah, you know that that's like real time data. That's that's like yeah. Every want, minute you know what the results are. They want to spin up a campaign for a Friday sale. They can do it on Thursday morning. You know, and it's it's delivering by you know an hour later for yep. a sale coming the next day. So. Is that coming to podcasting? But uh, I know it gets back to the the CPM models. Yeah. But maybe, you know, it is there a chance the CPMs could stay high? I, I without like the thing is, it's made six, the podcasting advertising successful. Okay, why is GoDaddy still sponsoring me all these years later? Well, it's because the relationship that I've developed with the audience and tell them about products and people keep buying domain names and hosting accounts because they know that they're supporting the show. And they know we have a relationship. So, you know, what, what happens when I bring on, uh, you know, Geico? Well, it's just a Geico ad. I don't have a relationship with Geico. But Todd, also what you've done too with that advertising is you've shared information of to course. a group of people that um, offers them, you know, discounts yep. and offers them some value exchange for them listening to your show, being able to get access to that kind of stuff too. So yep. there is a factor there that could be more automated, right? Right. Um, anyway, I just, this whole advertising thing, we've been rattling around with this topic since 2004, you know, uh, and it's been a driver of this industry. Well, well, between that and podcast consultants, um, (laughs) businesses has been really the driver of this industry since it started. I mean, a lot of people don't like to admit to that. Um, but if you think about the last two boom cycles, um, it's always had a relationship to um, people that were into self-promotion. Um, <laughs> there was a connection between the two. Right. I don't think that we necessarily like to accept that, but um, there is a piece of truth there. But in, again, it goes back to Really, if you if you're want to explore injection, you just got to have the volume to do it, and uh, you know, and if, when you have volume, you know that's what it really boils down to is more listeners. When if we have, you know, we grow the space by ten times, then there's the volume there to. Doesn't matter what we're getting paid, we're doing enough volume to make it up by volume. <laughs> mm-hmm. Does that make any sense? Yeah, I mean, so. Do you think that uh, we are growing audience at a decent pace or is there any gauge on that? I think it's been steady. I, I don't know. And I haven't looked at it in a while. So in six months, I haven't took a peek. I know that our overall volume, we've had to keep adding um, uh, material or hardware resources because the volume's growing. But yeah. um, so. Boy, it, boy, it'd be nice to get a across the industry gauge on this yeah and i I think people are you know too afraid to show all their cards i think potentially 
I mean, if it was shared with some third party entity that um, could aggregate that information, yeah, that that would be really helpful. Because I do kind of feel like this this space is flying a little blind. Well, you know the you know the IEB folks, we did submit data to them, um, so you know I don't know how much of that they have shared. But so. it isn't a complete snapshot because there's companies that aren't a part of IAB. Well, that's you know. true. That's true. And I know PodTrack is not um, aggregating everybody. What do you mean they're not aggregating? Oh, well, no, 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 no. They. Yeah, yeah. So there, there really isn't any complete snapshot. No, no. I guess. It would the take, only folks that it, would know would be Apple, I suppose. Right. Uh, they would know the Apple part. That would be it. Yeah. Yeah. Unless Rob and us and Spreaker and Stitcher and Podbean and all the other players are willing to lay out the data, no one's really going to know. To some third party. And there's a significant amount of um, shows that don't host on any of our podcasting platforms. Yeah, I think those are... I think that's the minority. You know, there's... You know, NPR would have their own numbers, and you know, but I, I, I think the majority of the, well, there's a, you know, the big networks would have to do, you know, have to volunteer their information, but uh, you know, most of the most of these groups are are hosting on, you know, probably under ten different platforms. So, but you think about it, it's pretty amazing. It's that small of a number. Yeah. Well. It would be interesting for you to do a study on the URLs um, to find out you know, where people are hosting, if they're doing it on their own domains, or are they doing it on other company? I, I have that info, but I haven't, we're not sharing. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. You know, it's when you, when you aggregate everything, it's very easy to see where the media is being hosted. So I know who has, you know, no one has, it's like, it's not a big secret on how many customers every company has because they all use, you know, very unique identifiers for their media hosting. So it's, you know, it's just, but we haven't, we've never posted it because it just probably wouldn't be a cool thing to do. <laughs> sure, sure. But it would, yeah. Though it would be helpful. You think it would to be actually show how many shows are being hosted by each, by each company? I don't, you know, I don't think I should do that. Well, maybe, no, I'm not saying that you should do it. I'm just telling you it would be helpful. Um, but, but I think that, um, it, it may be more helpful to, to know what the breakdown is of, um, how, um, what type of platforms people are hosting on. Mm. Are they doing it off of their own servers right, or right, are they right, doing it right. off of, um, you know, um, Akamai or are they doing it off of um, and then just like rolling up the, the complete number oh, I see. of people that are hosting on you know podcast hosting right, platform right, right, right. right just kind of roll that number up into one and then just kind of break it up into different groups yeah makes sense yeah maybe I can do that that would be uh, probably a lot more 
palpable than me uh, coming out and saying, Blueberry has XXX, uh, Libsyn has XXX. Uh, oh, and by the way, here's the active shows on those networks. Here's the dead net shows on those networks. <laughs> you know, that's you know, probably, uh, yeah, no. I don't think I'll win any friends doing that. <laughs> you haven't always been worried about that. <laughs> no, but, you know. No, but I, I totally agree with you. I think that uh, trying to put some aggregate numbers together Maybe just as helpful. Yeah. The, you know, the whole active, the number of active shows, you know, that's, you know, 100, 125,000, I think is what we came up with, you know. So, you know, there's, there's you know, even though there's an ecosystem of 345,000 shows, a lot of those are dead, dead, D-E-A-D, dead shows, you know. So, you know, on the, on the scheme of things, the, the, the ecospace isn't as big as everyone thinks it is as far as number of active shows. And that's a little dirty secret that no one's really talking about. So many yeah. active shows there are. Well, and, and, and using the term dead show is, uh, is not a black and white issue either. It's a gray one. Well, because, if, if a show hasn't, because some <laughs> shows have live episodes, but they're just not creating new ones. Does, is that considered a dead show? Well, if, if you haven't put up a new episode in a year, I think you're probably much of a dead show, <laughs> right? Well, you're a dead show, but you're still active. So that's part of what I'm saying. Uh, there's a gray, there's kind of a gray area around this okay, dead show thing. But, you know, if, if I haven't produced a show since January and it's November, yeah, the media is still up. But is that being consumed? No. Um, is it maybe being, chances are it's not right. You're right. Right. But if it's evergreen content, now uh, it's picking up new listens. Yeah. Uh, okay. So again, we go back to my 97% number. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. It's not all, it's, it's a very small subset of shows that are, that have long tails. Yeah. So of listeners. Yeah. You know, and I had looked at, uh, we had asked them to look at like, Shows that hadn't produced a new episode in two years. Shows that hadn't produced a new episode in a year. Then we went six months, and 90, 30. And uh, if a show's going to die, in most instances, it dies pretty early. It doesn't last long. Um, but, uh, you know, typically the delta between a show that was, if I remember correctly, I don't have it in front of me, so I don't want to quote numbers, but it, it, it wasn't a big delta percentage-wise between between shows that had been not produced a new episode in a year and those that had not produced an episode in two years. Um, it wasn't that, you know, much of a, a uh, you know, it wasn't a huge difference in percentages, but, you know, there's always, there's 25 different ways you can spin the data too, so. Yeah. Hey, Todd, what's this uh, deal with the Castaway Podcast Awards? Are you familiar with this? No, never heard of it. Well, it's on your it's on your podcaster news site. Oh, maybe I should check um, that. <laughs> Cast, Castaway Podcast Awards promotes Australian podcasters. Oh, that's cool. And it looks like um, looks like uh, David Lee's involved in it as a judge. Oh, that's nice. So Robert Lowenthal, I know who he is. Uh, I don't know anyone else on that list. This must be Australian. A writer editor of Audible, Sarah DeSalva. Hmm. Audible Feast. 
Audible Feast podcast review. Oh, okay. Oh, that's that's cool. So comedy, film, sports, tech, arts, industry, lifestyle, business, political, and documentary. 130 shows have registered. And uh, registration is free. Uh, ask your name, your your podcast name, your name, and a link to your latest episode. So, well, good for them. Good luck with that. Yeah. I think that uh, in Australia, Australia's got a, I don't know how big their podcast space is. I think bandwidth in Australia is even a little more difficult than here in the United States. People don't get as much. Most of the bandwidth plans there are, or mo most of the um, internet service providers right there are, are um, monitored or not monitored, but um, metered. Metered, yeah, metered. Well, more and more in the U.S., we're becoming metered too. I mean, even even these cable connections are getting capped. And that's why I keep telling my listeners, you need to be screaming and yelling at your congressman and making sure that uh, you tell them that you don't support meters uh, or caps on broadband. So it's just a scam to get more money out of us. That's all it is. Yeah. Bandwidth is a um, unlimited free resource. It's kind of like, you know. A utility charging for 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 water there's there's definitely a, a cost to facilitating it mm -hmm. um, but the actual bandwidth is free it's just it's just electrons so another article that came out was radiotopia revealed their podcast winner so let me look who was they they submitted they had a hundred one thousand five hundred and thirty seven submissions from 54 countries it's ear hustle ear hustle Hmm. So let me uh, ear hustle. What is this? It's a uh, brings you the hidden stories of life inside prison, told and produced from the perspective of those who live it. Wow. So these are people that are. It's a podcast coming from within prison. Wow. Huh. Is that? Yeah, it San, is. This guy's San serving. Quentin. This guy's serving a 31 years to life sentence. So he's, wow. So I wonder how they're pulling that off. Huh. Yeah. That's interesting. So how are they, how are, you can go into a prison and I guess you, or are they using a phone or how are they recording this thing? Uh, maybe, maybe the prison is letting them have microphones and stuff. Who knows? Hmm. Huh. Uh, Nigel Poor is the co-creator and co-host. She's also an artist and professional photographer at California State University Sacramento. Uh, she's a volunteer teacher for the Prison University Project. So she's got a way in. She's got an end yeah. to the prison already. Yeah. Huh. Well, and then there's some other podcast finalists that... Uh, Sounds like another kind of kind of storytelling yeah. program. Well, they around, did, you know, life in prison or something. Mm -hmm. What else? What else do they have in the stack? I should read, go over here and look at this once in a while. Yeah, nothing else really that pops out except for the one to relaunching a wait, wait, don't kill me musical. <laughs> it's and, a. 
General Electric is putting out a new yeah they're they're re- short series yeah, yeah. they're they're re- revamping they must have gotten some good uh, good action off that off their initial podcast so what do you guys hear anything in the main chat room you guys hearing uh, what is this uh, oh did you hear about the the Gimlet Media folks I guess uh, are about to do a podcast that's sponsored by Apple. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. That's a major coup. What kind of a podcast is it going to be? I guess they're going to... Yeah, it doesn't really say what the show is. Oh, it's called uh, Podcast... Oh, wait... No, let's see here. It doesn't really say. Is it a podcast? Is it a podcast about podcast show? <laughs> <laughs> they should sponsor us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, nope. I, I guess that they've only announced that they're going to announce. Huh. <laughs> okay. Where did you see that information? Was that on Pod to Pod? On your, on your podcaster news? Oh, I guess I didn't scroll down far enough. I know you gotta you gotta look at your own site yeah. there, sir. Yeah. I, I, uh, and then uh, Wondery down in L.A. I guess hired two two more executives. Yep. <clears throat> so everyone's busy. Yeah, I, I should read what uh, Jen and uh, <laughs> Sean have been writing. <laughs> yeah, you should. You should come by there now and then. Yeah, I should. Been busy. I pay the bill. Yeah. And it looks like uh, Caro uh, joined w- Wondery as the director of audience acquisitions. I've ac- actually worked with him before. Uh, I think he was with Oxford Rose on the advertising side. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Was with o- Oxford Road down in L.A. Well, so. you know, we're at 90 minutes. Can I know. You- <laughs> we managed to, to, to muddle through. <laughs> yeah after what todd how many years have we been doing this show the saturday morning show i don't well let me you know be because it was something else before we called it well, the uh, saturday morning tech show was yeah, it? yeah so yeah let me actually look and see how long we've been actually doing this of course we don't do it every saturday i should know this how long we've been doing this thing but let me uh, bring up an episode. And then as the the new media show, I think we've only been doing that for a couple of years. Yeah. Let's see here. Will that work? Maybe yeah. maybe pushing three years on the on the new media show name. Uh, let's see here. I'm trying to see how far back it goes. Well, we were doing uh here it's got to go back further so let me go to zero one yeah that oh not that let me go to zero four since we made the switch um about <coughs> april january for march no january for yeah april of 2013 so we went to we made the switch to new media show at that point. 
the first interview as the new media show was with Jim Lauderbeck on April 14th of 2013. But we'd been going at least three years before that on the other show, hadn't we? Yeah. Yeah, so it's been a yeah. while. Yeah, and then, then prior to that, I was just kind of like an occasional guest. Yeah, and uh, you you became a permanent fixture here. <laughs> <laughs> Glued to the wall, right? Is yeah. that what you're saying? Yeah, and it's hard to believe that we've been actually doing uh, this show. Well, let me get the screen up. It's hard to believe we've been doing this show since 2013 even. So that means we've been doing, we're doing it because we were up to 100-something with the other show, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was well over 100. Yeah, I'll have to look at that archive and see where that's at because the New Media Show site only has the uh, this series. But we're at 149, 149 episodes of this, of this show. So we'll be at 150 on the next one. Speaking of which, um, I don't think next weekend will probably be very productive, will it? Oh, with... Um... With Thanksgiving? With Thanksgiving, and then I'm I'm gone to Italy on let's see on um, Saturday. I fly on Saturday the to Italy, the twenty sixth. Yep. Okay, so then we'll just yeah, we'll be no show next week then. Are yeah. you are you going to be back the following week, or when do you get back? Uh, I get back. <clears throat> I believe I get back on the the third of. All so right. it would be on Saturday, so we may not be able to do play it by ear, and maybe I can bring yeah. someone else in. And yeah, help. I'll let you know. I can't, I can't remember exactly when my plane actually comes back. Even if you get back in the third, you're going to be a zombie. So, yeah, it won't work out anyway. Yeah, that's true. All right, okay. well, everyone, I hope you've had a good time hanging out with us here. Yeah, if you've got any comments? Geeknews at gmail dot com is my email address, or you can Twitter me at Geek News, Rob. Uh, I can be reached at robgreenlee.com or you can send me an email to rob at spreaker.com or just uh, rob at robgreenlee.com if you want to. And and I want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving because yep. we probably won't be doing this show in that time frame. Yep. So, you know. Uh, be safe and load your podcast up with uh, shows to listen on the drive to wherever you may be going. And, uh, Listen to some new shows. And if you want us to bring on a specific person to the show or have a specific topic you want us to talk about, always drop us an email and let us know, and we'll be sure to cover it. But uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for tuning in. Everyone that's been on the live stream, thanks for being with us live today, keeping us entertained yeah. in all the comments. And uh, Rick, Matt, Mike, and Mike. Got a lot of mics in the chat room. So uh, <laughs> everyone take care. We'll see you next time here on the new media show. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, bye.